0: Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram.
1: My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse but I offered at satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I
0: here? How do I do what I came here to do?
1: Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine.
2: Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidanandamurtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambhaya Tejasay Muktanandaya Gurave samsara Saraharane Bhakta ka yai kade namaste chitsaratmane etave jagatameva samsara nava setave vidyanam shambhavve guru namah guru brahma guru vishnu guru deva maheshwara guru sakshat para brahma tas gurave namaha om swarupa swa namo namaha
0: Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own isness, your own shivaness, your own beingness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa swa Namah Self-effort and grace. After I'd
1: been living a year in India in my Baba's Ashram, I got ready to return to the USA. First I had to visit the government tax office to get clearance to leave. It was a special tax office for foreigners who'd been in India for eight months or longer. Their purpose was to have me pay tax on any earnings I'd acquired while there. But I'd been doing full-time SEVA volunteer work, so I didn't have earnings. I thought it would be a quick and easy task to get the proper stamp in my passport. Everybody warned me to plan to spend the whole day there. Okay, I thought. Sounds a little like going to the DMV. I arrived early, so I would be the first one in line. I was so early that the door was still locked. I waited. No one else was in line. It was a line of one. About a half an hour after the posted opening time, a man arrived. He didn't speak English, it turned out, but he nodded, unlocked the door, and waved me in. I sat on a chair in the anteroom. It had six chairs. Along with a desk at which no one was sitting, the man who had unlocked went into the adjacent office and closed the door. I waited. I waited two or three hours. No one came. No one left. There were no lines, but nothing was happening. So I did a lot of mantra repetition. I was fine with all the joppa. I was better than fine. I was good. At lunchtime, I left to go eat. When I came back, the door was locked. So we repeated the same scene as in the morning. The same man let me in, went into the private office, and stayed. Around 4 p.m., another man arrived. He spoke English and was cordial and helpful. He apologized for the delay and said he could help me. He interviewed me briefly and determined that I owed no tax. He had me sign a form, and he took my passport into the adjoining office. In two minutes, he was back. My passport had the proper stamp in it. I thanked him, and I asked what took so long. I was amazed as he explained, My brother is in charge of this office. He doesn't speak English. He can't read and write. So he keeps the office open all day until I can come in and help him with the paperwork. I come in when i finished my job. Again, I thanked him and left. Later, I got more explanation from locals. The man who ran this tax office got his job through nepotism. That's how the system works. Everyone knows everyone, so they hire from the families they know and trust. And it turns out that one of the people needs help with their job. Their family helps out.
0: Wow. That's not how it
1: worked when I was growing up. It was self-effort all the way, with pop quizzes and government assessment tests from first grade onward. Every job I ever had was about performance, about doing your best, learning new skills, and then doing even better. All this made it hard for me to understand Guru's grace. While I loved being saturated by Baba's flow of divine energy, I didn't know how to give into it. I tried to swim in that flow, working hard to keep my head above water. What I needed to do was sink into this divine flow called grace. It's called
0: surrender. The yogic surrender.
1: We teach it in every yoga class, at the beginning and again at the end. You place yourself in Shavasana, the yogic pose of surrender. Leaning into the floor with your head leaning back as much in line with your spine as possible. With your legs and arms slightly wide and your palms open, you give in.
0: You give over to gravity and lean in. It's just you and your breath. And sometimes your breath gets very, very slight.
1: You're in a light meditative state. Keep your head in the center and you'll be immersed in consciousness. But if your head turns to the side, you're likely to fall asleep, even snore. With your head in line with your spine, it's deeply delicious, better than sleep, and profoundly healing. Shavasana is a powerful yoga practice, even if no one is taking you through the guided awareness that we also include. Shavasana, as you rest there in silence, is a profoundly restorative pose. You get more rest and replenishment in 20 minutes of Shavasana, that most people get in sleep. In fact, you can sleep in Shavasana. While we put rolled blankets under your knees on the floor, in bed you can put a couple of pillows under your knees. You may find you need less sleep in Shavasana than in other sleeping positions. Again, the key is that your head stays in line with your spine. Not like this not with a big pillow behind it, like this. I've had some students that needed help with this because their head would turn to the side. So I placed a small pillow on each side of their head. So when it tried to turn, the adjacent pillow propped their head into place.
0: (sighs) I've described a pose of surrender. Yum except you have to set
1: yourself up to surrender. You need the blankets or the pillows under your knees, and maybe one under your head to keep it from tipping back like this. Maybe even something on both sides of your head to keep it from turning. Oh, and when you feel like turning over on your side, you need to catch yourself before you move, and then make a choice. Do I want to rest? in this pose of surrender
0: or curl up in a fetal pose again. You choose.
1: It's not about pleasing me or anyone else. It's simply a matter of choosing what will work best for you this time. What I'm saying is that even surrender takes self-effort. Even Shavasana is a choice. There is a sutra that explains this. A seeker is one who makes an effort. Shiva Sutra 2.2. 2. Prayatnaha Sadaka. A seeker is one who makes an effort. If you want to call yourself a seeker, you need to be putting effort into your seeking. If you call yourself a dog owner, you put effort into the dog. If you call yourself a gourmet popcorn lover, you put effort into your popcorn choices. So if you want to call yourself a seeker, you put effort into your seeking. This sutra is explaining how to use your mind to get self-realized. In the text, the preceding sutra is about mantra. And this sutra explains that a yogi should be constantly repeating their mantra. This is called effort. My Bible says that the effort you've been putting forth is that you're using your mind to reinforce a state of spiritual bondage. And you're very good at that. By using mantra, you shift your course and direction. So you shift the scenery you see along the way. Your destination is to become anchored in your true nature, like an arrow hitting its target. Baba goes on and says that the constant awareness of the supreme mantra, which is vibrating consciousness, is right effort. The constant awareness of the supreme mantra which is vibrating consciousness, is right
0: effort. Constant means even now. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya.
1: In every moment, you're choosing what to do. In every moment, you're choosing what to think. And since your thoughts determine what you do, Yoga focuses more on your thoughts than on your actions. While your actions are important and they are powerful, they are merely an indication of what's going on in your head. Yoga's primary practice is managing your mind probably differently than you have been doing in the past. Yoga's primary practice is managing your mind probably differently than you were trained by your family, even by your friends and the society in which you were raised. Whatever standard was set up for you to learn, it was about worldly fulfillment. The guy in the tax office felt good about himself as he had a good paying job. He took care of his family. He was able to hold the fort until his brother arrived to do the paperwork This was worldly success in his culture. Your standard might be about having lots of leisure time. Maybe it's about lots of family and friend interactions. It could be about learning or about physical activity. Maybe it's about shopping. Different people have different standards they're trying to fulfill, yet they are all about Worldly fulfillment. If you value beauty, you'll put time and energy into being beautiful and creating beautiful surroundings. One yogi who hosted me for teaching programs in her hometown valued beauty so much she served me beautiful meals. As she served the meal, she'd say, it's so beautiful. Lots of colors, very pretty on the plate but not very tasty or nutritious. I know others who highly value laziness. So everything is about having lots of unscheduled time. Some people value growth or progress or learning. Of course, that means you never get to rest. You're always working on becoming something that you aren't. Some value riches. Others value being poor and needy. Some value strength. Others value being weak and sick. One yogi said to me, whenever I was sick and my mom took care of me, I knew she loved me. Ouch!
0: What a price to pay for love. And whatever you value, I understand.
1: Yet, yoga is about something else entirely. Yoga is not about what you value. Yoga is about the you that you are while you are valuing what you value. For example, if you value wealth, who are you while you value wealth? I'm not asking if you have it or not. I've spent time with very wealthy people. They came to my Baba by the dozens. I've spent time with the poor. They also came to my Baba. Who are you? While you have what you have, or while you don't have what you don't have, who are you,
0: really? Baba described it
1: this way. Someone asked him about the difference between rich and poor people. Baba answered, I don't see any difference at all. I've known people with great wealth who lost all their money. And I've seen poor people become rich. Money doesn't make any difference at all. What matters is if you know who you are on the inside. Do you know your innermost essence and beingness? If not, nothing in the world can help you.
0: Except the Guru. Thus,
1: you need to manage your mind differently than you were trained. (sighs) If you're not enlightened yet, you need to manage your mind differently than you did yesterday, as well as how you've managed it so far through the day today. That's yoga. When you're managing your mind, you're putting your own energy and effort into it. You're choosing what to fill your mind with. Whatever you're filling your mind with now, it replaces the other stuff you've stored in there. So you can pick new stuff now to fill your mind with, and the other stuff just disappears. It's called neuroplasticity. Your brain changes shape as you start using it differently.
0: Who's in charge?
1: Yoga has many tools for managing your mind, including yoga poses and breathing. I've talked about Shavasana, one of the most important yoga poses. It is impossible to lie in Shavasana and worry. If you keep worrying, you won't be able to stay
0: in Shavasana. Why?
1: Because Shavasana is supposed of great openness. With your head in line with your spine, as much as it will go. With your arms and your legs a little wide, your palms open. If you keep worrying, you're going to have to push your chin forward, sink your chest inward, scrunch up like a little ball, and even your hands will curl into semi-fists. It's
0: called worry asana.
1: You can use your body to redirect your mind. You can use your breath as well, whether in a yogic breathing practice or in chanting divine names and mantras. You can offer your time and energy in doing Guru Seva. Even giving financial support is a way of managing your mind. You can study yoga's teachings, like now, or with books, videos, and podcasts, so many ways to access great teachings these days. This is all called self-effort. You need to put forth effort in order to receive Guru's grace more fully. All the things I've described align you with grace. The bountiful, ever-flowing river of grace has a current in it. Are you paddling with it or are you paddling against
0: it? My favorite
1: river is Ganga, the Ganges River, the holiest river in India. I know it well, for I've pilgrimaged to many holy sites along her course. For me, the best is Varanasi, where I've spent a lot of time on the river, mostly in a rowboat. My boatman is named Narayan Sahani, and he's been taking care of me for years. When we're going
0: with the current, he still rows the boat.
1: Why? So it stays in alignment with the current and it doesn't turn sideways or twist around. And so he can direct it into the part of the current that he wants faster. Or maybe avoiding the fast part and flowing along a little slower so the trip will last longer. Even when the current is taking you in the right direction, you have to paddle self-effort and grace. Most people put a lot of effort into their work, their money, and their possessions, like taking care of their home or car or pets. They may also put a lot of effort into their relationships, perhaps even their health, and certainly their entertainment choices all for the sake of happiness. Happiness is good. Bliss is better. If you want to live in the unending flow of divine bliss that is hidden within, you need to put some effort into it. The guru opens up that inner flow for you through Shaktipat, but you have your part to do. If you don't do it, usually because other things are more important, more timely, more pressing, then your inner flow won't flow as strong. You can even shut it down. A yoga student got spontaneous Shaktipat but didn't like it. He didn't like the deep meditations. He preferred keeping his mind busy. He didn't like the heat that climbed his spine. He didn't like putting his valuable time into a regular meditation practice He had other things he wanted to do. So I told him how to shut Kundalini down. I said, have a big steak dinner with wine. Then have sex with your wife. Sleep in late the next morning and Kundalini won't ever bother you again. He was delighted. He did everything I told him and Kundalini never bothered him again. He still liked coming to yoga classes because it took care of
0: his back pain. But that's all he wanted. Okay. I'll help you get what you want. But I want you to want more. I want you to want more.
1: Because there is more to you than you have already found. There is more to life than you have already found. There is more to love than you have already found. And there is more to grace than you have already found. How do you find it? You dig for it, like a miner looking for gold. You dig deeper and deeper within.
0: Yet you don't need a pick and shovel.
1: For this metaphor, online I looked up, digging for gold. It says you have to dig down a mile and a half. That is some maha self-effort. In Swarupa Yoga, you don't need a pick and a shovel. Not a backhoe or a crane either. All you need is the mantra. Why? Because your mind is your most powerful tool. And when you apply it to the most powerful thing in the universe, divine energy, the Shakti that is being the universe, the Shakti that is being you, Your mind expands inward. Your mind becomes divinized, a divine mind. What kind of mind is that?
0: I challenge you to find out.
1: You see, if it was about digging with a pick and a shovel, you'd come to the point where you couldn't go any further. They need one—a crane, or a backhoe, or other more powerful tools. Guru's grace does the heavy lifting for you, but to receive the guru's grace, you have to turn your attention in that direction. You have to do the practices. You have to direct your mind in the most powerful direction. You have to put forth your own efforts. I'll compare it to putting gas in your car's Fuel tank. Once you got the juice, you're full of energy. You're still the one who has to put it to work. You have to drive the car out of the gas station, or you're going nowhere. What are you doing with your mind? Does it draw grace toward you? Once you've gotten Shaktipat, enlightenment is guaranteed, but you can make it take longer or shorter. Are you paddling against the current
0: or with it? Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namah